Welcome to the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Gabriella Cruz alongside Nick Padone, Chris McNeil, Mr. Twitter is back. We're back. First We're of all, back. great news. We already have great news from the Browns over the weekend. We're totally going to dive into that. But McNeil, congrats, my guy. <laughs> yeah, it only took two and a half weeks, but I'm back on Twitter. So everybody can look for me at reflog underscore 18. I'm back up there giving you all my, I guess, wit, humor, insight, some would say. Um, <laughs> other than that, check your blocks and make sure I'm still blocked for the rest of you. <laughs> the memes are back. No, I'm just, I'm thrilled because, listen, I was going down some Reddit rabbit holes, and I was like, oh, man, he might never get it back. And here we are. Victory in more than one way. Where should we go with this? We want to introduce our, our featured interview with Tea Time right away? Yeah, yeah, we can, Gab. Jump right into it. I think we're all pretty excited about the Browns. We're excited that Chris <laughs> is freed, so we might as well go right into Lipton Tea Time. All right, let's get into our Lipton Tea Time with our very own Matt Fontana. Welcome to the desk here. We're not usually all at it at the same time. No, and usually there's a mic stand over here, but something's <laughs> right. a little bro. It's fine. I I get it. We had some technical problems, but no, I'm very I'm very happy to be here. Chris, I appreciate you guys that, having me. that hat. I feel like it's Honestly, not complete. Matt, it do be like that uh, there sometimes. There we go. You there want to put? Look at that. Yeah. Should I hold hold it up? There we go. I'm put it right. Where's the big? Where, we got to get the big play one in yeah, there too. Stack it on top of each other. There yeah. we go. Oh, Perfect. Now, now we're rocking. We need now. to put a ball under it and switch the hats around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just big head shuffle, baby. All right, Matt, let's kick things off. What a win for our Cleveland Browns against the Chicago Bears. That was one, you know, this was a se- this is a season where this team just doesn't quit, but that was one where it really just felt like throughout the entire game, like it just wasn't the Browns game. They couldn't really move the ball much offensively at all, but they still found a way to win. I mean, they find ways to win now instead of finding ways to lose. And for a long time, that's what the Browns did. They found creative ways to screw up with a fumble, with a penalty, with something. Now they're finding ways to win games. And you're right, Nick, like they could have chalked that game up and you'd be like, hey, you were down to one starting offensive lineman in that game. Uh, You had all these things happen. You could have got done and be like, you know what? We still have eight wins. We still have a real good look at the playoffs and just go like, all right, we'll chalk it up. They didn't do that. They were like, nope, we're still going to find a way to win this game. Chicago left you in the game. So to take advantage of that, I think was huge. And the home field advantage for this team is undeniable. I mean, there's a fear to be said, a little like what Dallas is dealing with right now. Like, can you play on the road? Can you get a win on the road when you need it? But when you're at home, that crowd, this team, they feed off it. You got turnovers when you need it. Joe Flacco uh, is amazing right now for this team. But, yeah, they found a way to win that game, and a lot of times they would find a way to lose that game. Yeah. Just how about this? Just thoughts on Flacco. Because, yeah. like, dude, it has been so crazy. And it, it felt like, again, against the Bears, that it was maybe all coming to a crashing halt. I know the <laughs> one Cedric Tillman potentially ran the wrong route. They were speculating. But then, no, he was able to turn that around. Fourth quarter, another game-winning drive inside of that stadium. Just how special is the brand of football that this guy, Joe Flacco, is playing right now? So I got this. He That is the... In, in his first three starts for the Browns, I think he has like 936 yards, something like that. That is the fifth most in NFL history for any quarterback in the first three games with any team. That's rookies. That's a veteran that joins a new team. And they're having to do it because they can't run the ball. They can't run the football right yeah. now with the injuries to the offensive line. Certainly some questions in the running back position, but they have to throw. The thing about Flacco that is just blowing me away is... Number one, the accuracy, but the timing. I've watched that Amari Cooper play a hundred times. And to split three defenders, to put the ball where it needed to be, 
it was not only just an accuracy throw, it was a timing throw. The Ninjoku touchdown, defender to his back. You got to put that high. There's only one place to put that football, and he's doing it. And the Browns have had to find a different way to win with Flacco. You've had to change, really think about it. You've had to change the offense four times this year with Watson going out to Walker to DTR to now Flacco. And Flacco is the one guy that's not like the rest. This is a guy that DTR and PJ Walker are a little more similar to Watson. They can run RPOs, they can use their feet. Joe Flacco is a drop-back quarterback. So to have to flip it again, to have the success that he's having has been incredible. Two things for me, the timing and the accuracy, which again leads to some interceptions because there was some mistiming on some of those plays. Um, but that's my favorite thing about Joe Flacco right now is that he is just, he's, he's lighting it up. And that leads to that game-winning drive with D-Hop obviously hitting the field goal. There, there's 32 seconds left on the clock at that point. As a Browns fan, Bears getting the ball back. What is your thought process? Right Don't there? let him hit a Hail Mary. And they almost <laughs> did, right? And like it hits Darnell Mooney and it, and it pops up, but you're sitting there, you're like, there's only one way that they can beat us right now. And I guess oh. they, they could have tried to get back into field goal range as they ran a couple of plays. You realize, like, all right, this is pretty much setting up that they're going to chuck it for a Hail Mary. And, you know, you think about all the, the Hail Mary. And, and honestly, you know, the other one that. When I thought about it, and I know all you guys would feel the same. Nobody take their helmet off. Nobody yeah. get a personal foul. Nobody get, you know, because on the on the what they're also up for on a, on a on a hail mary is a personal or I'm sorry, defensive pass interference or something. And they get the ball right and there. They get the ball right there. So it's like first the chucking of the hail mary, and you're like, oh god, I hope they don't catch it. But then yeah, don't pull a Dwayne Rudd. Uh, nobody uh, commit a personal foul. Nobody go defensive pass interference. But you know, thankfully it kind of bounced our way. There were some Brown. Good karma there, I think, happened in a little bit with it bouncing off Darnell Mooney's chest. So let's look ahead a little bit. We got the Texans this week. What's your thoughts about this matchup for the Browns? I think Texans are fading hard. I really think that Tank Dell injury hurt them a lot on offense. He's not coming back. He's out. C.J. Stroud should probably pass concussion protocol, so he'll play. They might get Nico Collins back, which will help. But, okay, Devin Singletary rushed for 121 yards this weekend. That's great. That's fine. Noah Brown, and I'm not taking a shot at the former Buckeye, they're not beating anybody with him being their number one guy, even if C.J. Stroud is back in there, and especially with how our defensive backs are playing, you could set this up to, we'll stop, you go ahead and run the football on us. That's what you're going to try to set up on that defense. So I think Houston is really just run out of gas. I think they were hyped. They were excited. They got some big wins. They've now faced the adversity with the injuries. Yeah, Case Keenan beating the Titans. I mean, the Titans have nothing left anymore anyway. So I expect, you know, when we'll look at Tipico this week, I'd expect it to be a three-point still spread for Houston as the customary home favorite with C.J. Stroud playing. If he doesn't play, the Browns will be a favorite this weekend, no doubt. I think he's going to play, but I would still really expect the Browns to get a win down there this weekend. I do. Hey, Matt, who do you think is like an unsung hero on the team right now? We've talked about all our the hot hot guys right now, but... <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, a lot of people are loving on JOK today, which I think is rightly so. I, I think he deserves that, too. Um you know, it's this group of some of these younger Cam Mitchells, Alex Wrights of the world. Like, um, you know, a week ago, you're, you're looking at DeAnthony Bell having to all of a sudden make plays this week. Um, you know, you got to put Mike Ford in the game as a corner to break yeah. up some plays. So, I mean, it's been that. But I, I would really say it's probably Gary on Christian at left tackle. We yeah. don't talk about him. And that's great. That great? I mean, yeah. you haven't said a word because he's doing fine. <laughs> now, Montez Sweat had his day with James Hudson there on right on the right side. But Christian on that left side, who would have thought you'd have to roll through multiple tackles and this guy's had to come in there and you really haven't talked about it. So I would say him on that offensive line for sure. 
All righty. Should we snag a quick break? Keep the convo alive. We're joined by Matt Fontana of the Matt Fontana Show right here on the Big Play Network. Don't go anywhere. We're going to keep the Browns and get a little Cavs conversation in, too. More Big Play Cleveland right after this. Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Gabriella Cruz. We've got Nick Padone, Chris McNeil, and we're joined by Matt Fontana to continue our conversation, breaking down the Browns' big win. And as we look ahead this weekend, one of the other things I wanted to ask your thoughts on was how we've incorporated DTR in here and snuck him in. What were your thoughts on Stefanski? The um, DTR yes, package? Yes, yeah. do, doing this tandem thing. I mean, it's easy. It's that one swing throw, Gab. I mean, th- I can make that throw. You know what I mean? So it's like nice and easy where it's like – you can make it easy on him. You give the defense something more to think about. You know, I don't want to think about it. You really can't afford another quarterback going down, so you keep him in there for sneaks. Um, I, I think the beyond all that, I think it's a great point you bring up. It's kind of also a signaling that, like, we're not going to forget a guy like Dorian Thompson-Robinson who really helped us, you know. And I know they had to cut P.J. Walker, and he's back on the practice squad. But it, it's given the rookie a lot of confidence. But, hey, man, we know that this was really hard for you to do. And we still believe in you, and we still think that you have a bright future, whether it's our you know, our backup here forever or whatever. So I think that means a lot to him to say, like, dude, we're still going to get you reps. Like, we're still going to get you in there in some packages. And, you know, to this whole offense was built on quarterbacks being able to move. Can't just erase all of that. You change a lot of it for Flacco. You have to. Uh, but to give some little at least element and give the defense something to think about, I'm all for it. But also, I'm a giant Dorian Thompson-Robinson fan. So any stats, any any reps that they give him, I'm all for it. Yeah, and there were times in that game against the Bears where they were really struggling to move the ball at all. And I was like, damn, it would be so nice if you had a quarterback that, that could move around a little yeah. bit. And surely enough, Stefanski was able to work DTR in, move the chains a little bit, get some first down speaking of Kevin Matt a question that I had for you is it it does feel like the perception in this city and really the perception nationally on Kevin Stefanski is starting to shift as well you got people maybe talking extension time for Stefanski where are you at with him I know pretty much I think everybody on our network is pretty pretty positive as it pertains to Kevin Stefanski but there's still some doubters out there There always there's always like with anything it's kind of a reflection of our society. You got the extreme on one side, you're gonna have the yeah. extreme on the other side, and a lot of us <laughs> live in the middle. But yeah. it, it's there's always gonna be the anti-Stefanski crew because he's that coach of the Cleveland Browns. That's just how it's gonna go. Uh, he's gonna get an extension. I don't feel any reserve on saying that. Um, he is back in the coach of the year conversation. You know, we discussed it actually a little bit on our show on our Monday show about the perception of that award because as it's voted on a lot. The most common winner of that is you took a bad team and they were a lot better. You took a team that was really bad in the season prior. Their season preseason expectations were low and you exceeded them. That's how Kevin Stefanski won it in 2020. But what the biggest thing about Kevin Stefanski has been, he has navigated more hurdles, more issues, more distractions, more injuries, more anything than any other coach. And that is where the votes, I think, should tally I think you have your group of coaches that are truly the best coaches in football. Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, uh, I guess maybe Nick Sirianni. I don't quite put Mike McDaniel in there. So you got a group that are like, okay, they're really good at what they do. Then you got a group of you took a bad team and you're a lot better. Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryans, Shane Steichen. And then there's Kevin Stefanski, who I think is really good at what he does. I'm a big fan of his, but he deserves credit for just the amount of things he's had to deal with. Yeah. And navigating this season. So I think it's it's a PR award, too. you got to have a campaign. you got to have people pushing for you. And I think they're starting to get a little momentum behind them. I do. 
So he's dealt with a lot of injuries with the Cleveland Browns. Now let's take the conversation a little farther south to the Cavs. Now dealing with their own injuries, unfortunately, the same kind of bug that has hit the Browns is now hitting the Cavs. What are your thoughts on the Cavs at this point? It is so hard, guys, to not do what? Trade Donovan Mitchell, right? That's the first thing that a lot of us thought Friday when we got that announcement that Garland's (sighs) out with the jaw, Mobley's out with the surgery because – you ask, can they keep it afloat? And then you ask yourself, keeping it afloat is what, 500, the 7-8 seed in the East? And then in February, when the trade deadline comes around and you're just kind of meddling down there, how like that's tempting. Like That's the crappiest part about this is it's just so tempting to sit there and be like, well, we're staring this down the barrel. The team's not exactly who we thought they were. It's really hard. And I don't want to think about it. I really don't, but that's unfortunately what it is, right? Um, it's just the two guys that outside of Donovan Mitchell, obviously the two guys you couldn't lose, you lost them both in a day. Like that's just insane to see for Garland and Mitchell, uh, or excuse me, Garland and Mobley to go down. Is there a chance they keep it afloat? Sure. Is there a chance they can stay at 500 and then get, you know, those guys back and feel like you could really make a push? Sure. And I think it's just going to really test the resolve of the Cavs, but also Cavs fans. Cause guys, you deal with it as much as I do as well. They lose a couple games, and it's fire J.B. Bickerstaff, and it's Trey Donovan Mitchell, and it's get all these. But I'm going to say this to Cavs fans. I know the Cavs have to do this. We need to have six weeks of resiliency. Just do six weeks of let's let's not go crazy. Let's not make any outlandish things. Like, let's just get through six weeks, and then after that, when they get these guys back, then maybe we can have some tough conversations. Uh, But schedule can be favorable at times like they're in a stretch where you should be able to win some of these games even without those guys but it's going to be really hard you know a big piece in this too is just the the uncertainty of Donovan Mitchell and I think that's why a lot of people's brains immediately went there just because this is a guy that you gave up you know some cornerstone pieces maybe not franchise pieces oh I got tweets this week we should have never got rid of Larry Markman (laughs) I never I never in my life thought I get tweets that your mistake was giving up Lowry Markman and by God I got him yeah so so like he's a guy that they gave up a lot for especially then too when you look at the draft pick so there's going to be a lot of pressure to get something back do you think that there is just any speck of donovan mitchell's brain that's like hey this still all is right in front of us like if we go to the playoffs make a little bit of a run then maybe he does stay in cleveland he could and i always left that door open sure and and i wasn't one that was kind of i enjoyed it for what it is there's no part of me that regrets the trade and yeah there's a world that i live in that we all live in that he eventually moves on that's fine but what you needed to do was take advantage of him while he was here yeah certainly did not do that last year and that's where this year was big to take advantage of it. But a lot of people said we needed to prove to Donovan Mitchell that this is a place that he can play and go win a championship. We'll see. Yeah. You know, we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, and and just know that, and I'm not saying this about Donovan, but it's just players in general. Everybody sometimes has different things that they want. You know, I always felt like LeBron wanted to go play for the Lakers, no matter yeah. what it was, that he was going to find his way there one way. If Donovan Mitchell, truly his heart is to go play for the Knicks one day, I'm not going to deny him that. That's yeah. fine. And the thing is, you just turn your attention more to, you know, Evan Mobley, which, again, is very critical because people thought this guy's the future. And now there's questions around him going to year three. His outside game isn't quite where he thought it was going to be. Darius Garland. It all comes from we want to get back to winning championships. It'll never be like it was in the LeBron years. That'll never happen again. But you want to try to get back to a championship. And right now it's it's pretty bleak. 
How about this? Did you guys see the meme that I put out? You know, when everybody was so down. When was that Friday where Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and it's like those two people on the bus and the one guy is oh, like yeah. on the sad side and the one guy's oh, on the yeah. happy side. <laughs> and the sad side is like, yeah, this season is not going that well. But then the other side is you draft Bronny James you get LeBron back. I was just gonna ask you about that. <laughs> Buckle it on in, man, and and because LeBron, stirring I stirring that pot. You're stirring that pot. It's still early in the season. And hey, look at where you're headed. We're at. finding magic with 38 year old Joe Flacco. Okay. The <laughs> Guardians just brought back Austin Hedges, and if you That's read right. a little bit more about that, he's more concerned. Yeah. And we talked about it last week about getting Bo Naylor ready to be the full time Guardians catcher for a year to come. Maybe you know potentially taking a little bit of a coaching role after is Austin. And hedges. I don't know. Maybe find something. A little bit magic left with LeBron. And draft late thirties. You better pick up some draft picks to get ready and get into that position. <laughs> LeBron James, thirty-eight years old. Same as Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I would do it right now in a heartbeat. Yeah. The parallels are happening. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let, well, let's let's complete the trifecta right. and and talk some guards. Yeah. Because it, it feels like not a lot has happened. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Let's be fair. We're changing the seat color. We're going for green. <laughs> blue. Oh, yeah. Huge out. story. For yeah. a team that doesn't have much green, we're going blue, right? I like the seats. I do. I, think I do really too. Cool. I, I I think they are. Stadium looks awesome. I mean, it's just like this. You know, trade. Are they going to trade Class A? Are they really going to move on from this? We're all kind of waiting on Shane Bieber. And it's interesting yeah. because everybody thought the logjam was Shohei Otani. All right, yeah. that's done. Now, what's going on with the rest of baseball? And are things going to start loosening up? Uh, the winter meetings are done. So everybody thought that that would be the big moves here. Run it back. Um, I've said this before. I thought there was a world that actually Shane Bieber could get an extension. Do you go to him after all the injuries and say, hey, man? You're not going to make the money that you thought you would in free agency. Here's a five, six-year deal, 80-odd some million dollars. There's a lot of money to the Guardians, which I get. Yeah. And you're here as our number two, number three guy forever. Uh, we think we can fix you again on your mechanics or things like that. Or does he go out and try to go hunting in free agency and try to get that big deal on his own? I don't know, you know. But, yeah, the Guardians, it's just... You know it's hard because get it's, us to spring gotta training. Something. You got to do something. green or blue. You've got to be able to fill seats. <laughs> you got to right? be able to. You don't want to see all the green or the you blue don't out there. See you got to do something. Yeah, and then the new ballpark is more about yeah. People are going to come in, have their beverages, sit down, and try to watch the yep. game. But um, I, I think there's an opportunity for them to do something to try to get a little bit of fanfare going right now, but. Uh, they got to navigate a lot of things. Did you guys see how that Shohei contract was structured? Yeah, the you know, yeah, little department. little team friendly seven hundred million dollar deal. The Guardians tried doing that too. They offered him a dollar a year <laughs> for seven hundred million years, and sadly he didn't buy it. Perpetuity. Well, he <laughs> that to save himself money because now he doesn't get. I get was reading taxed, a lot. He yeah. doesn't get taxed on it if he moves out of California when he's done playing. Which I think is weird because he made that money. He's working in California. In California. How could you not? But yeah. I guess he's got a good tax lawyer. Don't we all need? Yeah, I wondered. Yeah. I wondered about that, and and like, <clears throat> why don't we do something similar? That's what I'm saying. One one dollar a year for 700 million years, and then just like the lineage of Otani's for 
the rest of the world and like, just wealthy and people. And anything it, else, the bill eventually comes due. Right. <laughs> it eventually <laughs> does come due. Yeah. yeah. And then is this a dumb question, but like with how crazy these contracts are getting, do you think oh, that... Oh, they're bizarre. Do you think that we'll see in the future any kind of changes or do you think we're just, the sky's the limit? I hope that there are some changes seriously because like, yeah, to answer that question, what happens when there's the next Otani? Are we going to go to a billion dollar deal in baseball? I'm like, just worried that the competition, I don't know, you know how this is the way inflation just... works, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Prices are going to continue to go up. Contracts are going to continue to go up. I think what we're going to see eventually for some of these guys is some of the equity. You know, some of these players asking for equity. LeBron James asking for equity. And yeah. So I think that may be the next step if people want to avoid making that cash outlay. Well, and I'll tell you, he's not seeing the end of that deal. There's no, no. way. Right. Zach Greinke has signed like three 10-year <laughs> deals. He just always opts out. He And the thing, Otani, everybody said that he's got the opt-out if any of those two executives leave, he's yeah. out. You know, he's good. And then I don't know what happened. I'm assuming the deferred payments still stay and he just gets that money later. But like, I don't know. I feel pretty confident just in one way or another that he will not see the end of that deal in, in L.A. Whether, again, he opts out to go then redo another deal for $80 million a year or whatever the case may be. Um, but it seems like these these deals in baseball, they never really actually see the end of it. They never do. This conversation just makes me so grateful for Jose Ramirez. Thank you, Jose. I cannot yeah. believe it sometimes. Now I'm like, all right. Yeah. Our guy. You know what I do laugh about, though, is when we were, to, and like, especially to like talking about Mitchell's, when we had Mike Polk in here, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we were able to trick Jose. And he's yeah. like, you know, make, make him stay here. Some of these other guys, they're not as easy to trick. But I appreciate Jose. For sure. All right, guys. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, me. yeah. Tell everybody like about your show. You know, we've had you on the network here mm -hmm. for a minute now. Obviously, you roll with Ryan, our I producer, do, yeah. every <laughs> single Monday through Friday. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, 9 to 11 on Big Play. You can follow us at Matt Fontana Show is on Twitter. My individual Twitter is at Matt Fontana 83. I re always repost the show and clips. Uh, we're on every morning, uh, 9 to 11. It's quick on YouTube. So if you just get to work and sit down and just want a couple of minutes, we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of movies talk a lot of sports yeah. we do our brackets uh so again 9 to 11 uh monday through friday on the big play network i appreciate you guys having me on yeah appreciate you joining Thank us you. especially short notice a little oh, disclaimer people don't know matt really hustled down the hall with ryan to get in here and record with us so i appreciate no it man. No problem. i gotta shout out my mother-in-law she's watching the baby at home so i was like i need 20 minutes <laughs> yes. and i'll be home to, to go to dad oh, dude all so. right we are gonna Thank get you. matt yeah. home we'll step aside and we'll keep this thing rolling with some fill in the blank don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland show. Great interview with Matt Fontana. It's nice. I think we need to do more in-house collabs like that. It's nice yeah. to hear from everybody. Yeah, else. always fun. Alive. Always fun. And Cross promotion in the business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and exactly. like it's such a happening time for Cleveland sports. You know, right now is the time to do it. I feel like you know, there's things to talk about with all three. So it was definitely fun having Matt in here for a little tea talk. A little tea talk, <laughs> and now we're gonna do a little fill in the blank talk. Yeah, our favorite, one of our favorites. All right, the Browns winning five games with last minute drives this season is phenomenal. This is just amazing. There, a lot of people have made this connection and made the analogies back to the cardiac kids of the day. Um, but the difference here is just the sheer number of injuries and the things that this team has overcome. It is just propelling. Uh, it's perplexing to the average fan what a team would have to go through to be able to 
you know, not only win these games, but then win them in the dramatic fashion that they are. Um, I, I'm as a as a lifelong fan. Um, this is really kind of the payoff for all of the heartache that we've had yeah. over the years, <laughs> and uh, for five of them now, and now looking at us as what the five seed in the playoffs potentially. Yep. Um, that puts us in great shape. As we sit here looking at the holidays, being able to talk about the Cleveland Browns as a playoff team, that feels damn good. Yeah, and the Brown, I'll say the Browns winning five games with last-minute drives this season is something that I've never seen before. And I never, you know, we hear the stories, especially, you know, the younger crowd of the cardiac kids and what it was like with Bernie and what it was like with <laughs> Sype. But we never really got a taste of that ourselves. And, of course, you know, my generation especially, you know, really cling to Baker Mayfield because he gave us that little taste of playoff victory and a little bit of success with that winning record, but we never had it like this. There was always some little caveat of uh, there were times where they were winning in spite of Baker's poor performance. And, and this really feels like every time that they go out there and have these last minute come from behind drives, it's a full team effort. There is no one hero on this team. And I think that's what makes it so much more special. Whew. It's a hazard to our health, but we will take it. <laughs> we'll take it as long as they keep ending like this. Yes. I like the way Matt had put it, that now we're finding ways to win. When before it was always just like you had this tightness in your chest when that Hail Mary, you're like, oh, no, are we gonna? is it going to be the old school feeling that we have? And it was the opposite. Yeah, they would have lost. The old, old Browns, and, and we've said this through so many games this year, think of the 49ers game. The old Browns where they would have missed that kick and you know found a way to lose that game. Yeah. Same with on Sunday. You know, that, that Darnell Mooney would have caught that ball and it would have been a touchdown and the Browns lose on a walk-off Hail Mary, but this team just never say die, and it's really cool. Speaking of the Hail Mary, that the Bears ending the game that way was... That was a glitch. <laughs> what, the way that ball came into the end zone, right? It's in Darnell Mooney's lap. Oh. And then all of a sudden, it's again, he's kicking it, and it goes to DeAnthony Bell, who picks it off and then is running out of the end zone. It's like, what did I just watch? I know. I, I, you go from just misery to celebration in just a matter of less than a tenth of a second. All in that one play. It was unbelievable. I thought it was like a video game glitch for sure, but yeah. the Browns come out on the good end of it, Nick. It was. It was like when you play Madden and it's just like your internet lags out and it's like, oh, what the hell? Like yeah. that literally is what happened. Oh, we have the ball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Browns yeah. are walking it off with interception. Yeah, it really was. And honestly, David Njoku in his postgame press conference, he said it better than anybody. He said he damn near himself you know like we know what he I mean, we know what he said and that we we have all felt that way one of at us some point. One, one of us. us and we literally put those shirts up on the big play store uh, that says i damn near poop myself yeah. doesn't say pooped it says another word but that that is seriously how we have all felt as browns fans and it is cool because there's been so many moments throughout david njoku's tenure on the browns where it felt like his future was not in a brown and orange uniform he had trade requests there were times where he was unhappy he was dropping passes and he has really turned out to be in a top tight end in this league and a really good face of this Cleveland Browns franchise. The other face of the fa franchise, head coach Kevin Stefanski, did you see what he said? He said he blacked Stefanski. out. He said he blacked out on that play. I was like, yeah, yeah, there were several of us who were right there with you. <laughs> awesome, you guys. The Browns offensive line depth, I hate to segue so hard here, but um, the Browns offensive line depth is 
not good. I mean, like the, the, the James Hudson thing has to be solved. I put that out there that I would like to see them try a couple different things. I, I think we've seen enough of James Hudson. I mean, this is year three. This is a guy that, you know, got Baker Mayfield killed in that infamous game against the Steelers that ended up being Baker's last game as the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. We know that he's just a backup tackle when he goes up against upper echelon talent like Montez Sweat. That's going to be the outcome and he's going to end on end up on his rear end more than he's going to be on his feet. That's just not good enough. And the thing is, the Browns, when they get into the playoffs, they're going to play all good defenses, all good edge rushers. So you're going to need to shore up that O-line a little bit. I mean, you got Lyle Collins just hanging out on a couch. You know, you found so much magic with Joe Flacco and just pulling these guys in left and right. I would try it on the O-line. Yeah, I think you're right, because the word I had for this is exhausted. Our depth is exhausted at this point. You know, seeing Joel Batonio and Nick Harris oh. come down. It's like, you cannot make this stuff up. We've lost so much. We barely have anything left to give up, and still those guys are going down. That makes all the more amazing what we're doing on the field right now at the Cleveland Browns. And you got to be able to find a couple more linemen, I think, to bridge the gap at this point. Find some veterans. Try out somebody. I don't know whether you have uh, tryouts at the stadium for locals. I don't know. Grab some people out of the dog pound at this point. But uh, it, it's amazing what the team has done right now. And it, it's tough when it's right there off uh, at the offensive line because we can't run the ball. Right yeah. Now. And for those people on Twitter that, ju I, you know, I'm sure I see you. We all see you. We want the Browns to run the ball. Trust me, they're trying, but it's but impossible can't. to we do. Can't find this offense. Yeah, because this offensive line is just feeble right now. Feeble, what a good word. <laughs> um, I was not feeble at the game, thanks to your family, McNeil, by yeah, the way. You're, yeah, so, I just so want to say. Gab took the ticket for our spot up yes. there in Section 310, which we've had our whole family up there. So, so how did it go? Listen, I... Not to toot my own horn, but I'm three and zero at Browns games right now, and they were they've all been really big wins. And there's something in common for every win so far. It's day of last minute spontaneity. Someone gives me tickets. Somehow yep. they fall into my lab. Um, so to anybody watching out yes. there, if you want the Browns yeah. to win, at give the Gab sports free Gab, it's hit all, her up at around 10 a.m. Yeah, day it's of. day of. It's last minute. It's a hustle thing. It's like I grab a friend or I grab Papa Cruz, and then all of a sudden, um, Boom, bam, win. we're in amazing seats up in the 7-Up Club, uh, which is awesome. His aunt, uh, or it's Lori, right? Yeah, that's my Aunt Lori. Aunt, yeah. aunt Lori, shout Aunt out. Geet, shout out. Um, Uncle Greg, Uncle Pete, the whole crew. Yeah, they were really kind to me. They they brought pl plenty of alcohol, and uh, they're just a great time. And I feel like that was one of the reasons we won is just the spontaneity and it was the fireball and possibly the fireball. And reaching out <laughs> for the fireball. We are looking for sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Look at that. All right, guys. I say we snag a quick break and we'll circle this thing back. We'll do some bets and keep this show right on moving. More Big Blake Cleveland show straight ahead.
Alrighty, guys, it is time for our big play bets this week. Money. As every week, they are brought to you over by our friends at Tipico Sportsbook. Tipico lets you bet on the biggest sporting events all year round. It surely seems like our Cleveland Browns are going to be in the playoffs. The Cavs season is here and rolling, which means you got a full slate of NBA games every day. You got college basketball, you got college football with the bowl games. December, right now, there's so much sports going on. It's the best time. Time to sign up for Tipico. If you don't have the app, download it. When you do, use promo code BIGPLAY100. Bet your first $25 on one of our Big Play boosts. We're literally boosting parlays to give you guys the best odds on Cleveland sports teams. When you bet $25 with code BIGPLAY100, you're going to get $100 of bets back on us. You got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're going to build our big play Browns boost on the show this week. The Browns are currently slight underdogs as Matt told us. Obviously, this is going to depend on CJ Stroud. He's probably going to play. Gab, were you surprised to see the Browns were underdogs on the road in Houston? Yeah, especially with Stroud in the concussion protocol. Like you said, he's probably going to play though. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I They're think accounting it, it, for that, I think. It, they know he's going to break out. Yeah, it checks out, I I think. Um, just because, shoot, on the road and all the things that we've talked about in shows prior. like, And it's right there. It's not by a ton. <clears throat> but... But yeah, this is this is definitely still going to be a test for us on the road and considering a lot of our injuries. Chris, well. were you surprised to see that the Browns are a little bit of an underdog here in Houston? You start looking at the numbers for Stroud and assuming he's playing, he's third in the NFL right now in yards as a rookie. He's sixth in rating. He's ninth in TDs. He's gone. He started his career, by the way, in the NFL by throwing 191 consecutive passes without an interception, which is just yeah. fabulous. They don't turn over the ball very much, um, which is going to make things tough on a Browns team that does turn over the ball quite a bit, unfortunately, and we don't create enough turnovers to overcome that at times, and the Texans are going to be hard to to get them to turn the ball over. So that's going to be a challenge. They are sixth worst against the pass in the league, the Texans are. So we'll continue. Sorry for those people that want to run the ball all the time. I think we're going to continue the pass because – they're six worse against the pass, but they're seventh in the league against the run mm. right now. So you're going to see more of the same from Stefanski, I think. So look for Flacco to air it out a little bit once again. All right. So our big play boost, man. We were so close. We were so criminally close. Oh, you guys laughed at me when I said Flacco 250 yards passing. Got that easy. Easy. 370. He, he damn near got that only in the fourth quarter. David Njoku, anytime <laughs> touchdown. That was the first touchdown that the Browns were able to score. So we crossed that off our list very easily. The Miles Garrett sack. Was what stood between us and a $25 bet oh. paying out $650. They are holding value. out. That was a value boost right there. It was. That one looked like a laydown. If they would have stopped holding him for just one play, we yep. would have gotten that sack. We would have been cashing that chip. There's yep. been montages of videos and the pictures circulating on Twitter. It is infuriating. What do you think is going on there? I know we talked about officiating before, but... It's a shack. It's it's the literal just... shack rule that he's so much bigger and so much better than everybody else. How do you... What is your other alternative other than to just grab onto him and hang along for the ride? I really think that's what it is. I, I think they need to start officiating it. You know, call one of those 
early. And that kind of makes it fair. You obviously can't penalize all of them. I get that. There would be a penalty on literally every single play if they called that every single time. I say call one of them early. That de-incentivizes the left tackle from holding on the entire game. And then we get a truer picture at Miles Garrett. Yeah, and I think there is a little bit of retaliation here for Miles Garrett calling out the officials oh, publicly. Yeah. I, I think that they're not going to say it. This isn't going to be something that the NFL is ever going to acknowledge, of course. But these officials have got egos. We think players have egos. So do the officials in the NFL. So if you're calling out the officials, they may overlook not one, not two, maybe a lot of holds. Yeah. And that's what we saw yesterday. Wow. All right, so let's build our big play boost, guys. I think we got to roll with Joe Flacco again. Are we cool with putting that number at 250 again? I say yes. Flacco 250. He's got it. We just said he has number. to pass. All right, and then should we pick another anytime touchdown score? We've been pretty hot there. So, so we keep saying we're going to throw in Miles Garrett. We Last week we had Miles Garrett for sack, and we're trying yeah. to will those things. So I, I think this is the week we stay away from it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. then he comes then in and gets comes. a few sacks. Yeah, right? that's what I'm sure. saying. the emotional hedge on that one. Let's go Njoku touchdown okay. again. He is just hot. Yep. I mean, he is unbelievably hot, which is great because we go from the beginning of the season where we were willing him to these anytime touchdowns to now he's just getting them right and left. And then Amari Cooper. How about that? You pair both of those anytime touchdowns, Flacco 250. We already looked at the Texans not being great against the pass. Look for Flacco to light him up. Yeah, right. I'm on board with it. That is a big play Browns boost. We are going to snag another break when we return. We'll hit some other NFL bets, and we will be right back. More Big Play Cleveland straight ahead. Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland show. We're right in the midst of our Big Play bets on Typico Sportsbook. Go down that that typical sportsbook at bet 25 get a hundred dollars of bets on us and we will kick things off with the pittsburgh steelers they're two and a half point dogs on saturday out there in pittsburgh against the cincinnati Bengals. jake browning looks wanted- really good yeah. for the Bengals. and chris we called it last week this steeler season man it's starting to look like it's sunk it's over it's over. <laughs> I like the Bengals here. I like the Bengals to cover. The one thing that does cause concern right now with the Bengals is Jamar Chase. He's day-to-day with that shoulder. Assuming he's a full go, I look for them to easily cover against the Steelers. I think the Steelers are sunk. Same. And even without Jamar Chase, T. Higgins is playing really good football right now. So Cincinnati has their options. Jake Browning's playing good football. And this Steelers season. I had to rewatch their their game from earlier in the week, and I was actually pretty hype. I know that people are kind of grilling Jake Browning on Twitter or whatever, like maybe he was too hype after the game. You shouldn't have cut me, you know, against yeah. the Vikings or whatever. I don't know, guys. I ate it up. I was kind of hype. I was like, I just, I'm going to go work out now. <laughs> That's what the game's all about. Too. Yeah. It's about yeah. emotion. It's about the fun. The story's cool. And I mean, I get it. People are like, ah, oh, you're just going to get benched when it, bro, uh, it does. Blah, blah. It does sort of feel like, and, and I do but hate saying this. You're in the moment these guys are at the top of their game playing in just, the national football league don't let the other shoe drop here let the other shoe sure. drop on jake let me have one more week of jake browning madness before that <laughs> okay, other shoe okay. drops and That's let me get, let me get a win right here the other shoe will drop eventually but we need it to continue here we're all riding with the Bengals. let's go to san francisco the 49ers are five point favorites and this is going to be a great game against the baltimore ravens is Typico giving too many points to Baltimore here, being five-point underdogs, Chris? I think Ooh. Baltimore is a really good football team. Uh, but I think the 49ers are the best team in football. I really do. Christian McCaffrey is just just killing it. 
Last game against the Cardinals, 115 yards on the ground, 72 through the air, three total touchdowns. I mean, we talked about Njoku being on fire. McCaffrey is just supersonic right yeah. now. Um, so I, that's a lot of a lot of points to give in five points to Baltimore here. But I go ahead and give the points. I take the Niners at home. Yeah, me too. I really think, especially after what we saw the, the Cowboys do after that Browns game on Fox, and they completely laid an egg against the Buffalo Bills. Right now, to me, the San Francisco 49ers are the class of that NFC. That's the team to beat. If you want to make a run through the playoffs, if you want to get to the Super Bowl, it all goes through San Francisco. I think they win and cover here. Hmm. We're agreeing on way too much once again this year. All right. Hey, it, it worked out for us last week. I have a gut feeling with the Ravens on this one. I don't know. I All can't right. tell you why. It's just I just there never count them out. And and because everything looks like it's supposed to be painted this way, I just kind of feel like the Ravens could surprise you because they are still – they're not to be slept on. They're no, they're not. They're yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah, they could be the top team in the AFC. Yep. We are going to go to commercial one more time. We will wrap the show with some Cavs talk. Don't go anywhere. More of the Big Play Cleveland show straight ahead. Welcome on back into the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Nick Padone. She's Gab Cruz. Chris McNeil joins us too. We had a good convo about our Cavs with Matt Fontana, and right now they kind of just hold on. And on Saturday, they're going to have to hold on against the Chicago Bulls in the Windy City. There were rumors this week that the Chicago Bulls tried trading Zach Levine for Darius Garland. I thought Kobe Altman did the right thing, hung up that phone call probably as quick as it started it. The NBA phones are ringing. I think the Cavs beat the Bulls on Saturday. Yeah, the Bulls Bulls aren't a very good team. No. I I mean, right now it's kind of sad, the state of this rivalry, because it used to be so good back in the day. This was back in the the Mark Price, Brad Doherty, when you had Michael Jordan on the Bulls, and we were so good as a Cavs team. We really were. If it wasn't for the Bulls, I think we would have won some chips at that point, but they had a guy by the name of Michael Jordan, which makes it very difficult. And then you kind of fast forward to the Joakim Noah years, you know, when he was on the Bulls. There were some good rivalries there. And now you've got two teams that are kind of lukewarm. you got the Bulls that are, I don't think, very good. you got the Cavs that are all beaten up. So it just doesn't have quite the luster that it used to. I hope that this can be a rivalry that does. I, I look for the Cavs, though, to come out to win at the Bulls and for us to get our second win over a Chicago team this week. Doesn't it kind of feel like that there – it just feels like all is too quiet in the NBA right now. And, like, the fact that we're starting to get little leaks like this that, that are coming through, I feel like something's bound to shake, even with our Cavs. You know, when maybe they grab a backup point guard in the absence of Darius Garland, just do something – to uh, keep themselves afloat as they progress through this Eastern Conference, not having Ricky Rubio there. And, of course, yeah. we all hope you know that, that he's good. He's on his mental health break. But that's $7 million that you got tied up in a backup point guard, and you're getting nothing you know, out of that since he's away from the team right now. They got to get something. Hopefully, maybe it's Craig Porter Jr., but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Cavs started making a couple smaller trades. That would be interesting to see. You know, you get – with the NBA, they had the midseason tournament, you know, that is now concluded. Now it was kinda, awesome. I liked it. Which was it. good. I, and I actually liked it, too. I didn't expect to really get into that thing. I did up until the championship. And then there, there was a little bit of juice to that. You yeah. know, you could tell LeBron wanted to win that thing, right? He wanted to be able to say that he was the one who won the first one. You could tell that meant something to him. They each won 
uh, half a million dollars for it. So not too bad. Now you're kind of in that lull. Christmas Day is going to be exciting again with some of the games that are on there. You got the NFL kind of. It's bled into that yeah. space as well. And then it really gets in after the first of the year, you start to see the NBA rise. And it'll be interesting to see if the Cavs make some moves to make it interesting here in Cleveland. Hey, this this Christmas season, it's a great time to download Tipico because there are so many games on and you could parlay all of them. You know that's what we'll be doing. So keep it locked on Big Play. You know, follow all of our shows, all of our hosts. We do a good job, I think, putting our bet slips out there, you know, putting our Big Play boosts out there so you guys could catch those, bet on them with us, follow all the show content. We appreciate you guys tuning into the show every single week. Can you bet on Dustin Hopkins or what? Yeah, man. Some All right, field I just goal want to props. give him a, a quick shout out as we yeah. as we turn. We didn't really point out that I mean this guy. That's why you trade for a kicker. Yeah. yeah. Some get some field goal props going in there if that's your jam. And we will see you guys with another episode of the Big Play Cleveland Show next week.